So, my guest this week on the show is Adrian Wald. And Adrian was one of the first European experts in what was originally Siebel Analytics back in the late 90s. And then, of course, went on to become Oracle Business Intelligence, BI Apps, and, uh, and so on. So Adrian's worked on uh, you know, countless databases and project methodologies over the years, worked on lots and lots of different versions of OBI and various kind of takes on how that works. Um, but he still manages to find time outside of work to write two books on Oracle's BI tools, the most recent of which on Oracle BI 12C just had its second edition published recently. So Adrian, welcome on the show. Great to have you here. And why don't you introduce yourself properly and uh, tell us kind of how you got here? Well, thank you very much, Mark, and uh, I'm you know, really happy to be here. So uh, how did I get here? Well, it's probably about 20 years of hard work and uh, and long nights and, and uh, quite a hell of a lot of, uh, of learning. But, um, but yeah, after all this time, I'm beginning to understand some of the system and, and the rest I Google. Mm, okay, so Adrian, when I met you years and years and years ago, um, you were working with Siebel Business Analytics, and at that point, it was quite a kind of new technology because obviously it came into Oracle via the Siebel acquisition. But you know, it was a bit of an unknown quantity, really. I mean, what's your what's your history with Siebel, and how did you get into that particular kind of consulting market? And you know, what was what was your view on the technology then? Yeah, so I was working for a bank. I was working for um, a bank called ABN AMRO, which I think uh, was one of those that spectacularly crashed uh, in 2008. And um, they had a CRM department, and, and I happened to be working there, and they were looking for new toys. And they were talking to Siebel a lot. And um, and although the Siebel CRM thing was good, uh, and I liked it, I was actually more interested in the reporting side. I've always always been sort of keen on Excel access and, and reporting. And um, and so I, I took a good look at it, decided I liked it so much that I left ABN AMRO and put myself on the training course, uh, the Siebel Analytics training course, as it was back then, with a, with a nice chap called Jerry, um, who uh, a lot of people uh, would have been taught by Jerry, um, and uh, and he told me that I was the the only person he'd ever taught that um, but put myself through privately uh, uh, on the trading. Everyone else was, was sort of company funded, because if I remember rightly, this was sort of nearly twenty years ago, and it was ten thousand pounds to uh, to put myself through the training. Luckily, I had a nice payoff from from maybe a number that paid for it, but uh, but that was a big scary move. That's, that's a a big investment. Um, in, a, in a quiet market at the time. So I guess from what I understand about Siebel at the time and the way they kind of, I suppose they they shared information. I mean, they basically didn't. I mean, it was, there were no, if you think about now when you've got blogs, you've got online documentation, you've got all that kind of stuff. It Was was it the case there was very little information out there that you could, unless it was out from Siebel at the time? Yeah, I'll let into a secret, basically. Um, uh, somebody took pity at me, uh, on me at uh, Siebel and they gave me a whole bunch of the documentation that, uh, that I could use to, uh, to, to generate. But uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, I have absolutely no idea. There's, there were no blogs. I mean, blogging was in his infancy. There was, there was nothing out there to help you. You just got the toys and, uh, and installed them yourself and, and, and managed and got by. Yeah, yeah. So then, then there was the, the Oracle acquisition. So at that point, that was when obviously our worlds kind of like came together, and, and, and we met each other at that point. But so, so when 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 Oracle took over Siebel and took over Siebel Analytics, you know, what was your impression in that first kind of year or so, really? Um, I was hoping that that, that that Siebel would be bought by Microsoft because I thought I thought the products better suited uh, the Microsoft way of doing business. But actually, in the end, I was I was quite pleased with what Oracle did um, in the early days because 
Well, they, well, they especially did in in the first round, the sort of the eleven G round was was just bring a hell of a lot more customers to to the product. So it was a niche product. It was very very good, and it still is. Um, it hasn't changed much, to be perfectly honest. Um, but it's back in those days. It needed a little higher profile, and that's what Oracle brought. And and uh, and of course they. They um, they bought higher profile not in terms of customers but also in terms of consultancies and consultants and and so many more people understood that this product existed and 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 had some sort of uh, need to go and investigate it and, and install it and, and and actually hopefully buy it. So they also brought I mean with the Oracle acquisition itself it brought also Fusion middleware didn't it and and you know being being candid I mean certainly the you know the the reaction of the kind of the ex Siebel people or consultants to fusion middleware and the complexity there and the overhead and so on particularly 11g was it 113 the first version i mean i think it's you know fair to say it was it, it was quite a kind of a a, a a bigger release wasn't it in that respect yeah i mean it was it was terrible it, it was it wasn't <laughs> uh, it wasn't oracle's finest moment i have to say i mean yes. trying trying to uh, to do that and and it was a real shame because it, it distracted them from a couple of years of of properly developing ob in its own right and can i get um, a secret as well i can't tell a secret you were right as well because remember you said the first release of 11g was terrible and i said it was really good and actually <laughs> and actually in hindsight you were right yeah, <laughs> it was it was a shame actually. That was we were so desperate for it to. to I mean, because you and I obviously were on the beta. Yeah, and um, it was terrible. Two thousand and nine or something. It was terrible, wasn't it? And, and it was terrible. And and every night we were on calls to America um, about this product. And and I couldn't believe that halfway through the beta they said, "Well, we're releasing this. This was you know we're releasing it next week." Um, warts and all and, and in actual fact that probably was the best thing to do just get it out there and just get the customers in front of it They'd, we'd waited too long um, by that point the, the promises were, were still being made and I, I, we had customers I don't know if you remember Deutsche Bank um, were desperate for, for a better front end for a, for a, a better web interface and uh, and they were, that was being promised with the, uh, with the 11G product but the promises just kept on sort of, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. So, so yeah, I think Fusion delayed it. I think Fusion distracted it. And I, I think Fusion actually undermined the product in, in, in many ways. But um, it recovered. It recovered very strongly. I mean, incredibly strongly because, um, you know, eventually it was the flavor of, of the year and, and a hell of a lot of people were installing it. And there were there are thousands and thousands of consultants and, and, and projects and, and uh, people getting involved. So so in the end, it was a success, hmm. even if it had a faltering start with Oracle. Yes. Funny enough, my, my boss in where I work at the moment is Paul Rodwick, who, of course, was the uh, head of development for that kind of stuff. Really. So it's um, right. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting conversations there as well. I mean, it's um, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting product. I think it it was it was a product. I think this is Oracle BI 11G for anyone who didn't pick up on that. Um, the, it, was, it was a product, I think, that whose primary audience and, and personas and use cases aiming for was Oracle. You know, and so, but it, it and so it focused a huge amount on building app BI into the Fusion apps and and so on. But I think the actual core BI part of BI LNG really didn't move on at all, did it? Really, and I think it was no. only really twelve. It's only really the twelve C release that, that that has started to kind of happen, really. Although I guess we've had things like you know uh, Action Framework and so on. But I remember you at the time. A lot of people actually were saying, you know, this is good, but there's a lot of overhead here. 
Um, and yeah, interesting. But you wrote a book about it, didn't you? You wrote one of the, your first book was on uh, was on eleven G. Yeah, um, we actually waited and waited and waited until we felt that there was a stable enough platform. And uh, I, I got together what I thought were uh, uh, some industry experts, and um, turned out they were. And um, and we we were just poised until we found a stable enough version of 11G before we, we could say, yes, we think we should be encouraging people to, to install this and buy it and, and, and use it. And that was um, version six um, of, of the 11 release. And, um, and we, we spent a good three months um, just locked away in, in our rooms and just, just um, other weekends and, and in the evenings and, uh, and writing the book as fast as we could because we knew we'd waited a long time um, after the initial release. And, uh, and we launched it directly at the same time that Oracle launched their business analytics um, marketing efforts. And so when we launched it, I think we launched it pretty much the same sort of uh, time as you launched your book, which which was a different book. I mean, yours was more more aimed at technicians, I suppose, and ours was was aimed at beginners. Well, mine was mine was written in the opposite way to yours. I actually wrote it, tried to write it for all the different versions. So I started on one one three, and then had to rewrite it three times. It took me right. three years to write it. So right. it was it was yeah. interesting. You know, I think it was it was a different type of book, as you say. But I think probably you know yours was dare I say it as probably a smarter kind of like a initiative really yeah I mean we, we looked at um, trying to bring people into the game with some knowledge um, you know, we, we knew what it was like when we first got in front of the products and had no support and no documentation and, and uh, no way of finding out and so that's why I wanted to be able to give to people something that that gave them the first sort of ways of installing it and the first ways of opening it up and, and using it um, all the technical stuff, all the advanced stuff. I mean, there's there's thousands of flavors of of, of, of systems out there and way people do business. Um, we couldn't cover all of that, so so let's um, you know let's bring people to the product first, and then the yeah. forums hopefully can fill in the, the rest of it. That's brilliant. I mean, see the other the other part of I suppose BI uh, of Oracle BI that we haven't mentioned is the BI apps, and that again is something that I I understand. Well, obviously I know came from Siebel, Siebel about business analytics. Again, what, what's your what was your what was your history with the BI applications, and, and what why were customers implementing that really? What was the kind of background to all that? Yeah, because obviously in the early days when it was Enquire, the products was a standalone reporting tool. It, it didn't have any allegiances in any particular way. But Tom Sewell saw some something in this product that um, could boost his own product, which I think was using Actuate at the time. So, so he effectively replaced Actuate with with the Enquire product. Now, this um, meant that um, he was trying to bolster his, his e-business um, um, uh, competitor, his Siebel, um system, and. Um, so he integrated it. He called it Siebel Analytics, and uh, and tried to make sure that it it actually um, worked as, as closely as possible with the Siebel system. And that meant that um, he had to figure out how to get the data out of the Siebel system into the the, the warehouse that the, the what was then uh, Siebel Analytics was going to report against. So he decided to build that the integration piece. Um, himself, uh, as in Siebel build it, 
which was actually quite an inspired move because um, it meant that he standardized on all sorts of things in terms of naming conventions and, and the ETL process and, and so on. And because of that, um, it meant that you could go to um, one project after another and effectively know how the tools were going to be working and, 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 and how you could uh, help out. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that, I think certainly when I first met you again, it, it, when I first came across the Siebel Analytics world, it was as much about that business uh, warehouse, wasn't it, or the, the Siebel warehouse as it was about the BI tool. And certainly knowing that and knowing the table names and the sources and the ETL routines and the DAC, that was a big part of it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I've been working in OBIE, like I say, for nearly 20 years. And um, the majority of that time, actually, we're working on the warehouse. It, it's about the warehouse. It's about populating that warehouse and tuning it and making it work. And then you you can nearly always put most reporting tools over the top of it um, and not to worry about it. But um, obviously, OB has a, a special way of dealing with a worldwide audience of, of tens of thousands of users, um, which is better than, than any other platform I've seen. But having said that, if, if you, you can have the best platform in the world, but you still need a really good database to work against. And that's that's where Tom Siebel actually managed to, to get it right. And it looks as if um, Oracle followed that or had a similar idea because, of course, they adopted that, that whole approach when they bought Siebel and uh, and they, they they obviously called it part of the fusion apps, um, but essentially it's the same thing. It's the same standard warehouse and and the same standard technologies to build it. The problem is, of course, is that Oracle have had to to look in in internally for its for its products because it couldn't be seen to be supporting other vendors like Informatica. So eventually they've had to turn off the Informatica parts of the system and and turn on in, in replacement Oracle Data Integrator instead. Um, which is no, I mean, I, I haven't had too much experience with it, to be perfectly honest, because um, maybe they did it a little bit late in the in the in the in the day, but but most of the products that uh, or most of the projects I've been involved with had already implemented it, so they're already a an Informatica house, if you like, but but that doesn't that doesn't mean to say it's you know, over time people are going to have to upgrade and therefore those projects will come along. Um, and in the meantime, we've been using ODI in an independent warehouse just to make sure that we're, we're fully ready for, uh, okay. for when that does happen. Okay, so let's go on to 12C. So OBI 12C came out a couple, two or three years ago now. I mean, so what, what's, what's, what was your first impression then of that? And what, 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 what's your thoughts compared to, say, 11? And what are the th- things you like about uh, OBI 12C? Yeah, so the best thing about 12C was it, it installed. It just installed. You didn't have to worry about it. Um, I don't know whether Mike had anything to do with that, Karam, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the, for some for some reason that just stuck in my mind that this is going to be a nightmare to install, and it mm. just worked, and it worked really well actually. Um, and is that, so that because of the, is that because of the way it separates out parts of it, or because it doesn't use kind of like Fusion middleware? Any, I mean, what what why, why is that? Do you think then? Um, the installer is better, yeah. there's no doubt okay. about that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it does have the stuff for you. It, it probably explains itself a little bit better as it goes along as well. Um, before you had to figure it all out. And, and the Oracle documentation isn't great at, at giving you the big picture. Um, but it's getting better. But, um, but this, this helps to sort of figure it out for you. So, so funnily enough, the installation chapters in the new book um, are, are fairly 
fairly straightforward and, and simple to follow because the install is simple to follow. Uh, they, I mean, obviously, it, it still uses the the database as, as part of the installation process. It still uses WebLogic. Um, so it's still you know, fusion, if you like. Um, and it, but it's and it still has its own um, internal um, C plus um, plus systems, but um, but actually all of those things just actually happen far better than they did before. I guess my biggest disappointment is that we're still not able to um, easily install this into an IIS environment. Um, and you, and of course that they've they've narrowed down the options in terms of the database you can install the 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 repository into as well um which in theory you weren't supposed to be able to do it before in 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 xe for example um but it was technically possible and so people did that in uh, in test environments um so so i think i would prefer it if if they had um a little bit more integration on the microsoft side um just just to um to help those houses along that are still still want to do Microsoft as much as possible. Okay, so what about, I mean, I'll get on to DV in a second because that's obviously a big sort of like a temp-hole feature of, of 12C, you know. Um, but what about the the, the, the the way the RPDs are, the way the repositories are handled in this release? Because that's quite different, isn't it? And it's sort of, it, last time I looked, it was sort of half done, wasn't it? I mean, what... what Still what, is. Do you want to explain kind yeah. of, again, if anyone doesn't understand that, do you want to explain what I'm talking about really and, and what the limitation is there? Yeah, so, so from a repository's perspective, it was, it's one file and and um, uh, or, or actually, um, what they tried to do in this instance is give you the opportunity of of having it's several files, but it's still effectively one file that is generated. Um, now, I think we were all expecting quite some time ago that this would just move into the database. You wouldn't have a file anymore. You'd, you'd have tables and, and, and so on, especially when you look at the way that the other products um, are, are configured in that exact same way. Um, yeah, everything that Oracle does seems to work against the database. In this instance, they haven't done that. Now, there may be technical reasons for that. I don't know. But um, so that was that was a surprise. But at the same time, it's it's still easy to handle in terms of one file. We still you know copy it around no problem. I guess we're still up against the the fact that you have to handle the the um, source code. Um, control in the same way that, that you would do any other source code control, um, except that it's because it's one file, it's really difficult to have lots and lots of people working on it at the same time. I know, I know. I've been working with a tool called Looker a lot recently, and that, that is kind of light years ahead, really, in terms of everything being stored as files and, and, and so on, really. Um, but but what about, okay, so what about upgrades? I mean, did that, has that, have you been involved in any upgrades from 11 to 12? Have they gone kind of straightforward? I know Mike Darren was involved in those as well. Um, yeah, you, yes, it can be done, and I and I didn't see any major issues with that um, uh, myself. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of doing a straightforward upgrade because I like to take the opportunity when we when we're on a project to to put an improvement in. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of things that you when you build at the time because of speed or whatever you you think oh it'd be nice to revisit that at some point. Well. You know, take the opportunity when you're doing an 11G, uh, uh, 12C uh, implementation to to revisit how you've done things and and to reassess. 
Um, yes, you still need to keep the old dashboards working and so on, but uh, but why don't, why don't you take the opportunity to make it even better for your users? Okay, okay. What about data visualization then? I mean, that was the big new feature in, in 12. Have you seen that being, have you played around with it so far? I mean, is it is it a good tool or, or what? Yeah, I mean, we bought some licenses. Um, we tend to find that this is a little bit buggy still. Um, I'm I'm very impressed with the way that that Kevin McGinley has been demonstrating on the in his data of his daily, um, and it, it does actually make it look a very impressive tool um, if you spend enough time on it. Um, I don't think I spent enough time on it because uh, when we give our users the choice between the DV or the uh, or the um, answers, they tend to pick answers, um, and I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they tend to find that easier and more intuitive to use. Um, but we do give them a choice um, and uh, and say, how, how do you want to go about this? But I guess you ju- you've just got to get over the learning hurdle. Um, uh, you know, and um, I've, I've given users who've never seen OB at all the choice of two of them, and, and they went for answers um, after trying both. I suppose they're different tools, aren't they? I mean, I suppose one's data discovery, one's more structured reporting and, and so on, really. I mean, I, it depends on the use case and, and who's using it, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, she was doing data discovery in, oh, in, okay. in answers. Okay. Um, and, and, yeah, you can. You Obviously, maybe maybe they, you can compartmentalise them, but I would I would turn around and say that with answers, you can, you can ask you questions and you get... You get the answers just as much as you can with DV. Uh, yes, yes, um, you can right-click and, and, and do some cool stuff with DV, so, so you know, why not? Um, but you can do that when you put the data on the dashboard as well. So I, I just I don't see any major reason to go for DV at the moment. Um, and the reason for that is because we have thousands of users, I mean tens of thousands of users, um, and um, and they they want to be they want to know that the, the information they're getting up on the screen is is consistent um, and the same and so on and and if if they all had a sort of a free form tool to play with um, you know they may not get anything else done they might just enjoy that too much and and, and not get get on with the job so I, th- I think probably your your more pragmatic approach view of this is probably you know, quite a reflection of the fact you've always been you know largely been a contractor haven't you and you've worked yeah. longer i remember i remember a conversation we had years ago and you said one of the things about being a contractor is you're there for longer you get to see what doesn't work what does work it's a bit more kind of realistic i mean would you say yes. that being a contractor is a different perspective on this and a more realistic one yeah, I mean, you're, you're, it's easy to be jaded by by anything, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? And, and it's easy to see the negative in anything. But yeah. um, but so I'm a I'm a great pragmatic, believer now. Um, yeah, yeah there, exactly. There's, there's there's too much negativity in the world for for, for you know just to to join in. So let's let's just be positive about what, what you can do and what you can bring to it. And so you you take the limitations. You 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 understand what the system can do. You you take your clients' um, limitations and, and and their requests, and you just try and do the the best possible job you can. And and don't don't bullshit your way into. Uh, into a corner where, where where you're promising stuff you can't deliver the product can't deliver yeah so 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 when you deliver i mean your role is typically your kind of lead on a project and so on i mean I'm, so how, how do you i mean in terms of methodologies i mean you must have seen talking of kind of crazy things things i've talked about in the past with the kind of extreme bi and agile methodologies and so on what, what's the kind of adrian wald um sort of path to success really when it comes to delivering a bi project 
Um, the first thing you need to do is make sure there's no project manager. Just get rid of project managers, and they're just going to waste people's time. So let, let's forget project management. Um, that's that's not worthwhile. Um, don't worry too much about the design. Don't don't you know get overexcited about um, the, the design up front because you'll learn stuff as as time goes on. You'll you'll never get from the client up front all the information you need to be able to do the job. And and if you if you try to sort of secure from them a requirement document which they sign in blood and in triplicate, um, yeah, you may possibly meet that. But but rarely will you meet it, and rarely will you exceed their expectations. So, so I think I, I tend to throw away all the rule books: no project management, no requirements up front, and and um, although you'll do some data discovery, um, actually roll up your sleeves, get stuck in, and talk to them on a daily basis. Sit in their office with you know with the end users. None of this sort of um, can't talk to the end users. You've, you've got to be with them constantly and and bring them on the journey with you. So make them experts, make them understand the system, make them use the system and and be involved as much as you possibly can. Um, and then you'll both produce something that you'll both be really happy with. Good, good. Excellent. So talk, let's talk Let's talk through the new book then. So you, you've, you've had, this is your second edition of the 12C book. I mean, again, tell us a bit about the motivation behind doing it and and what what's the kind of theme of the book and how is it structured and so on well um we were thinking about doing a second book but 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 we weren't particularly um sort of keen on the idea given how much hard work it is but packet came to us and and and, and described the last book as a as a, as a blockbuster and or bestseller if you like um and i'm not sure they're talking the millions of of, of copies but uh but in in their terms, uh, they thought it was a great success. We want we wanted to try and update it for 12C, but also try and um, respond to some of the feedback. I mean, most of the feedback we got from the previous book was very very positive. Um, there were literally one person um, would have preferred a, a slightly different layout, and actually I agreed with them. Um, and so I've taken some of the um, the theoretical chapters and moved those to the back, and and. Get, got people hands-on with the product really early on in the book and 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 effectively um, make sure that they are focusing on what the book is intended for which is um, get a system up and running practice and play with it um, and then do your theory and do the understanding um, mm. later on when you've got some time okay so how do you find time to do it i mean i know with myself i find it very hard to find time for this how, how do you how do you get this the discipline and the time to write a book well, I, I limit my hours that I work to the client to 12 hours a day, so I don't do more than 12 hours a day, so that I've got another 12 to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, motivation. I mean, how do you, how, I guess, once you've got, I mean, once you've got a, a publisher and a deadline and so on there, but I mean, to go and do a second book as well, I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it, there was a huge sense of achievement with the first one. I mean, we were proud as punch when when it came out and when we got our hands on it um it was just fills you with joy and i've got um we went to the open world that year with the uh, the business analytics themed open world um the book was on the shelves there in in the uh, in the bookshop 
and and just to sort of go up to the bookshop and see my book there was just amazing really was the, the sad thing is that they sold out within the next in the first 10 minutes mm, yeah i mean 50, I, 50 copies yeah i mean i think i worked out that i think i would have earned more money working in the pub than actually what i got in royalties to my one but i think <laughs> in terms of the perfect calling card the perfect calling card it was it was it was great and it's great going into a client site and seeing your book there um yes. and, and and so on really so i mean well done yes. for that and that's so so and that's that you'd find that on amazon that's on amazon and usual places that sort of thing yeah exactly that one thing that annoyed me the other day of course i went to um, another part of our our organization and um they had your book on the shelf well there you go unopened probably uh, not so mine. <laughs> excellent so what's it what's, so what's it called again your book just just for anyone who's listening oracle business intelligence enterprise edition 12c okay so that's good um so let, let's kind of so let's before we kind of finish i want to go through a few kind of things which i know we're going to kind of get you talking really so um it's um so a few things that are from from in terms of kind of the product where it's going and just get your views on it really and that sort of thing. Um, so package the package BI apps. We talked earlier on about about BI apps and and you said that it was a generally a good thing. But you know, do you think in in hindsight or or going forward, packaged apps are the way to go or or do that are they too much of a kind of one size fits all? What's your take on that? Um, so uh, I know that there are some people in the industry who will hate me for saying this, but I'm not a believer in in BI apps mm-hmm. um, in in a huge um, number of clients. But in some clients, it's the absolutely perfect thing to do. So uh, here's here's why. So um, you can buy for quite a lot of money a a out of the box. BI system, BI app system that you install and it takes the data out of your, your e-business system and puts it into your OBIE system. And that's great. And that's really good. Providing, of course, it does exactly what you want to do and, and how you want to run your business and, and works first time and no bugs and so on. If, if that's not the case, then you're going to have to bring some consultancy um, in to help you configure it to your needs. So, um, so the the theory is that you you buy off the shelf for a certain amount of money. Oracle's done all the investment in the products; they've made it work exactly how you need it to, and you'll save money because you don't have to go and buy the consultants. Unfortunately, in practice, you still have to buy some consultancy, um, and um, and yes, you'll you'll get some benefit from it, and yes, it gives you. The platform, as I mentioned earlier, it gives you the standard platform in terms of your database and your ETL structures, and, and, it, and it even gives you the starting point for some dashboards. But I have been into clients, and uh, they have been sold the, the BI app system, and uh, for quite a lot, we're talking millions, and and then um, you 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 ask them what they actually want to do and how they operate their business, and it turns out that what they bought isn't anything like what they needed to do no and we've thrown away mm. literally millions of pounds worth of product and started again from scratch because i think um, you know trying to trying to customize the things as they stand i mean if you if you go in there it, it was it, it's an interesting kind of thing isn't it really and it's uh, yeah so it's interesting you say that and i mean the bi apps are effectively kind of end of life now really aren't they I don't know. I don't. I don't know if 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 Oracle are going to still um, proceed down that route, or that, or whether they'll 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 do what they um uh, they'll they'll move on to a cloud based um, BI apps type solution, and in which case they yeah they don't want to support any um, sort of um, 
in in your own office um, installations. I don't know what they're going to do on that. I I haven't followed that closely, um, quite simply because there isn't as much work for us in that in that field nowadays as there used to be, um, and and I quite frankly prefer to to start with what the customer wants and build that um, first Use, using the Oracle tool set. Um, using the Oracle methodology, but but not uh, but not necessarily using what they've already pre-built. Yeah. Okay. I guess I guess maybe it might have a re- it might have a rebirth maybe with the cloud. I think once you start to more standardise the, the the applications and the uses, but like you say, I think in the end you ended up using consultancy anyway, and that consultancy became overcomplicated because you were yeah. building on this kind of building on this kind of uh, framework that's it was complicated in the first place, really. So, yeah. yeah. I think they suffered. I think Oracle suffered from the fact that. Over the years, since it started out, um, Siebel building it. Um, obviously, some of the offshore um, development took place. Then they developed it in a different country. So, so maybe it could be in Poland, could be in India, could be um, could be anywhere in the world. And at each time they were building into this BI apps, they were building it in a very slightly different way, slightly different approach to life. Um, and... And you can see how how, it, how it's evolved, and none of those were wrong. It's just that it made it made it quite difficult when you're picking up as a consultant to try and understand what's going on um, when different parts of it worked in completely different ways. Okay, okay. So we, we touched on cloud there, and obviously Oracle have got a few products in the cloud. There's Oracle Analytics Cloud. There's BICS. There's whatever. And I think you know a lot of organisations, and I think your one as well, are, are looking at things like private cloud as well. Where, where do you see cloud? having a sort of value for customers when it comes to BI and where's the successes do you think at the moment? So the success will be in those people that are able to securely move their data around. Right right now as, as, a, as, a, as a small consultancy, we spend all of our time trying to move data, whether it's out of Salesforce or out of, out of some other CRM system, um, around into another system to be able to do the reporting side. So... Um, Obviously, um, OBI is is a an interesting um, product to try and put into the cloud, and I, and I think that they they are because they're having to do Oracle are having to do this. They are improving the um, the OB product for everybody, and I think that that will work pretty well. What I do think though is is that just with with all these products, it's about getting your data and your database correct in the cloud area. Um, obviously secure. I mean, we've seen the cyber attacks that have been going on this week, and it just it just frightens the hell out of us. Um, I, I work in a in a, in a military organisation, and um, there's absolutely no way we're going to move any data into the cloud, um, and not not into a public cloud or, or shared cloud or anything like that. That's not going to happen. Um, and and for obviously for the security reasons, but also from a practical perspective. Um, some of our operations cannot communicate, um, you know, over over networks, um, whether they be in the middle of a desert or uh, up in the air somewhere, or in, a, in the water in a submarine. You work for ISIS, then, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not, not that one. No, a different, different military organisation. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's absolutely no way that, yeah. uh, that cloud is an option. Okay. Um, so, so we we have to we have to solve the uh, the data problem using using sort of internal networks. Okay. So, a, a more sort of general question: If you look at Oracle particularly, and I suppose a lot of vendors are moving their products and their customers and their platforms into the cloud, 
is there so still a consulting market there is there still a market for doing consulting work on premise building systems and so on or is is it changing what's your take on that so um one one thing that is interesting is that over the years companies see the latest shiny product and and they go oh look shiny new product and they they latch onto it and they think it will solve their problems but funnily enough, each time they install the very latest technology, the very latest product, it roughly turns out the same way that they, they installed the last one. So although they're changing the product, they're not necessarily changing the way that they approach to life and, and, and uh, products. So um, I don't see the cloud being any different to that. I just see that if, 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 they, if they put um, too many controls, too many issues um, in, in the creative process, then, then they won't get the value out of it that they're looking for. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm passionate about making sure that um, IT is a creative process. Um, you, you know, yes, yes, it's full of um, nerdy geeks and 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 uh, and not the most extroverted people. But but that doesn't mean to say it can't. You can't be creative and you can't actually try and um, wow the customer. You know, don't don't just turn up for a nine to five job. Just Make make sure that you could develop something good. That's the difference. It's not not whether your product's in the cloud or whether it's the mm. latest version or, mm. or whatever it is. Mm. So, how much did the Gartner report last year um, sort of um, affect you at all? I mean, the, the, the Gartner Magic Quadrant. For anyone who didn't hear that at all, uh, you know, basically pushed Oracle out of the Magic Quadrant and was focusing on on desktop self service BI. Sorry, business business kind of purchased BI tools. How did that affect you at the time? What were you thinking at the time? Um. It's it's strange actually because we were really happy when the when the market was 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 relatively small. I mean, still a lot of customers, but relatively small. Uh, we were happy when the market went went mad and went all into uh, to Oracle BI, um, and we're just as happy now that it, it settled down. So um, it it didn't doesn't make any difference to us. What what I do think is that people have missed the point. In that um, the Oracle BI platform is global; it can handle um, at any one time. It could handle ten thousand users on the system at the same time, and all those ten thousand users are getting access to the same information. Now that that's that's a big deal nowadays, and um, you know everyone's looking for the one version of the truth in their organisations. Well. It, you can you can keep looking for the latest product, but it sits there right in front of you already. It's all called Oracle BI, and and it will it will satisfy the data scientists. It will satisfy the the, the people who are reporting up to the board. It will also satisfy every every one of your single of employees as well mm. if you wanted to. Excellent. So okay, just to round off then, Adrian, you got I mean you have a lot of interest outside of work as well. I mean, you know, where, where do you what's the Adrian Wall plan for five years time from now? Do you want to be still be doing this or do you want to be sailing off or what, where do you want to try and get to really? No, I love this. Um, <laughs> I've been doing it for like I say nearly twenty years and and I I am told by my wife that I have to keep going for another twenty years. So <laughs> this is what I'm going to be doing. And and yes, the market will move on. Um, but I'm hoping to be like those old COBOL programmers with the sandals and the beards. You know, well, you call them in. Uh, you know, when they um, they're they're on the beach somewhere enjoying themselves, and you call them in for a lot yeah. of money. Excellent, excellent. So, and just to finish off, are you speaking at any events soon? You case scope that sort of thing. Unfortunately, next week I have to go to Bermuda, 
um, for uh, for a month um, and going over to watch the America's Cup. Um, so uh, so yeah, I won't be um, I won't be able to go over to uh, Texas. Um, so I missed that, which is a shame. Um, I've just started my um, extract submission for the UK OUG Tech 17 conference coming up in December. So um, I'm I'm just. Uh, I'm actually looking for ideas as to what I want to present. I was really pleased with last year's, but I think I need to do something new. Okay, good. And one last question. Does S-Base work in OBI now? <laughs> <laughs> Is it finally working? Uh, uh, don't get me started on, on S-Base. <laughs> yes, that was, uh, yeah, brilliant. That was, I, think it's, I think it's there now, actually. I don't know. I think it's there. Five, right. five ten years on from when we uh, first used it, it was... Uh, that was certainly interesting, wasn't it? That kept, I think that yeah. kept us in business for a while, actually. But it was certainly quite a long, late, few late nights. <laughs> yeah, you need to uh, you need to talk, talk to Christian Berg about that. He, he loves yes. it. I, I am not a fan. Excellent. Okay, so just one last thing, Adrian. So the book itself, it, what, what publisher? What's the name again? Where can people find it? So it's Pact. So P A C K T. Yeah. Um, so that's Pact dot com. Um, you can buy a hard copy from them or from Amazon um, globally, and um, you can also buy their online system and read it online as well, which which works just as well. I mean, I I'm, I, I don't mind. I, I love the, the sort of the you can hear the, the, the big weighty volumes here, mm-hmm. but I don't mind reading online as well. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, well, thank you, thanks, Adrian. It's been good to have you on the show, and um, take care. Thank you very much.